from the fabulous and famous Fitzpatrick's Castle Hotel in Dublin, Ireland. You're listening to the award-winning What's the Story podcast. Now, here's your hosts, Danny Murray and Graham Merrow Merrigan. Hello and welcome along to chapter 39 of What's the Story podcast. My name is Danny Murray and I'm joined by the most beautiful man in the board, Graham Merrow Merrigan. Hi Danny, how are you? I'm great mate, great. Um, happy April, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, we're, <laughs> we'll talk about April now in a second, but first we have to say uh, we're brought to you in association with the beautiful and amazing and wonderful Fitzpatrick's Castle Hotel and the beautiful surroundings of Cloyney, South County, Dublin. With the with the stretch in the evening now, our view is lovely. Did you see the stretch in the evening? I was upgraded the grand. I was reading on water. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading on water for the whispers there. I was. It's <laughs> Did you not see the that article? Stretch in the <laughs> I didn't see that, no. Oh, I love Waterford Whispers. The lads yeah, are deadly, aren't they? Yeah. Is there a bunch of them or is it just one person? No, there's a couple of them. There's a couple of them, yeah. Jerry McBride is one of them. Uh, comedian. Top bloke. Lovely, yeah, lovely you guy. You get them all. You might do. Yeah, we might put in a word to Jerry. Um, but yeah, if it's patrickscastle.com, if you want to check out, um, they do weddings, communions, bar mitzvahs, everything and anything. <laughs> Podcasts. Podcasts. Only ours though. Only ours though. <laughs> Unless, you know, somebody comes in and books out the ballroom and does a live one. <laughs> like your man, Guardian Football. What's his name, James? What's you call him? Who? Oh, your man that does the Guardian Football podcast. He no. does a row show thing with it. No, I've never heard of He used to host that Italian football on Channel 4. Oh, yeah, yeah. James. Ah, uh, James. Yeah, he's on BT Sports now as well. Yeah, Baldy James. Ah, uh, ja- yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So he tracked. Yeah, completely, as usual. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, look, Castle.com, uh or look, if you're not looking for a stay and you're just looking for a bite to eat, head on up to the Dungeon Barn and Grill for the finest grub in all the land. Or bring your mother or your auntie or your granny up to get some afternoon tea. Not a bad idea. Great Actually, idea. isn't Father's Day coming up soon? Oh, God. Probably, G- probably June, is it? It's in June, yeah. Well, Mother's look, Day is just past. Mother's Day is just past, yeah. Well, look, you've got plenty of notice for June then. Why don't you bring your father up for afternoon tea? I couldn't bring my dad up here for afternoon tea. No. My dad wouldn't do afternoon tea. No, no. He'd be like, doesn't drink tea. I, I just want a steak and an apple pie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a simple, or a bit of a, apple crumble sometimes if he's feeling oh, fancy. Apple crumble. Do you, what do you have apple crumble with? Ice cream, cream or custard? Oh, I'd go, I don't like custard. What is wrong with you? I don't like I think it's because when I was a kid, my granny made me custard and I think I had too much and got sick. So, <laughs> see, there you go. That's just the talk of custard. And my throat instantly... Throat talking. My throat instantly made this sound effect as if to say, don't you dare bring custard into this place. In my teen years, I would have been known to have just bought a carton of mustard. Mustard? Custard. Because <laughs> if you had <laughs> a carton of mustard, you're a sick animal. My dad's friend, Dookie, um, teaspooned a jar of old English Coleman's mustard for a bit. Why? At a session or something years ago. About God. 30 euro, I think he got. Um, but anyway, Good I would have been known when I was a teenager to have bought, to have gone over to Tesco, crazy prices, bought a carton of, uh, is it boards, is it? Boards, yeah. Boards. The ye- I can see the carton. Yellow and blue carton. Red. Red kind of right. Red, blue and yellow. Yeah. And I would put that into a bowl, straight into the microwave. Oh, yeah. No, that's disgusting. I'd have to go, I thought, 
I've had apple crumble with ice cream and a bit of custard before, warm custard. It's yeah. absolutely delicious. We well, got apple crumble up here before. It was actually apple and blackberry crumble up oh. here before. Um, and it came with cream, but I asked to get vanilla ice cream instead. And he said, of course you can. I was only sure you like running me index finger around the bowl <laughs> and licking it clean. You were only sure. I bet you did it. Tell you, man. I was, oh, my head was nearly in the bowl trying to get more out of it. It was unbelievable. <laughs> Like so, sometimes you go for dinner just for dessert, don't you? You do, like <laughs> yeah. do you know what I mean? when like, you get like those two courses for special price. You always just get yeah. the main and the dessert, and not the starters and the main. Oh, absolutely! But Fantastic. if you're coming up here, people, and you're getting a point, or you're getting dinner, or you're renting a room, or book booking a wedding, or getting an afternoon tea, you mention yeah. us. Do give them a shout. I don't know. We sent you. Um, great people up here. The weddings are fantastic as well. Actually, I must say, love the weddings up here. Always good. And because it's local, you don't feel stressed about getting to or from. No. You know I mean? But yes, FitzpatrickCastle.com once again. Graham. Daniel. <laughs> it was recently April, April 1st day. was a good day. It was in the history of What's the Story podcast. <laughs> yeah. um, you can check out at WTSPod on Twitter and uh, Facebook.com forward slash WTSPod Ireland to see the antics that we got up to. You might have noticed our intro changed a little bit there, and that's in line with uh, the uh, April Fools that we played. Essentially, on April Fools' Day, we put out a message saying that our guest this week, because WrestleMania is on, was going to be the legendary Stone Cold Steve Austin. Kudos to those who spotted it straight away and were like, I'm not falling for that bullshit. <laughs> yeah. But to the rest of us. <laughs> but still retweeted it. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Um, but to the rest of us, lads. Come on. Although, we did get Finn Balor. We did, and we did have Child Sonnen. Child Sonnen, and, and we did request Stone Cold. We did, and we have had Ashling Daly on. Exactly. We've had look, we've had a good caliber, I guess. We've done well for ourselves. Yeah. And I think that's why, like, a few people messaged me saying, like, in fairness, it's only because the guests you've had so far have been kind of marquee yeah. that we believed it. But but so the, someone uh, shared their status and said another major coup for the what's the story, lads. And then they try to play as if they, <laughs> they were in play, on it. Yeah, that's if, uh, yeah, <laughs> Graham messaged me and told me about it. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, don't be. Look, if you get if you get done and by then I got a text field. message off a friend of mine, Richie Groovy. And he says uh, he was begging me f- to, 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 to be able to join us in the interview. Yeah. As if Stone Cold was getting a flight over to Dublin just to speak to the What's the Story was. As if you're going to pull. Stone Cold up in the wonderful Fitzpatrick's yeah. Hotel. <laughs> That's I mean, where we would put him up if Absolutely. we were bringing him over. Yeah, I would indeed. <laughs> For an yeah. hour and a half interview. I'd get him the honeymoon suite in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so look, thanks for playing along, lads. And, uh, Did you see many more today? I've seen a couple. Um, I see. seen a couple. Um, it's too busy. I seen one that uh, a Supermax was going to open in Copperface Jacks. So <laughs> the culty's dream was finally coming through. <laughs> but look, in the year 2016, why has this not happened? Why? Hasn't Coppers got Supermax? Exactly. It would become the mecca for culties. I've only, and it's not already the mecca for culties. Can you imagine if this happened, though? Yeah. I've never been in Coppers once. Have you? Yeah. Do you want, is, it, is it difficult with the wheelchair? No, I've got a lift and all. Toilet and all, yeah. I just have a meal. I just went once about, jeez, I must have been about 22, 23. I've gone maybe five or six times in my life. Oh. And two of those occasions were Christmas. Gilmartin loves it. Of course he does. He's he's a culture. He loves it. But he's he's a great culture. He has the toy over his... Beautiful Leitrim mouth on him. Absolutely. He has the toy over his uh, 
over his uh, forehead when he goes in. <laughs> don't think, a bit of ACDC. I don't think you should cast aspersions about uh, about Ray uh, <laughs> on this podcast. He's a great bloke. Um, I won't be done for libel. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> That's photographic evidence. Sorry. Yeah. It's like um, Ray is the quintessential Waterford Whisperer guy at the we- at a wedding. Yeah, actually, that is a good way of putting it. That is. Uh, the other one that I seen, actually, Google got into a spot of bother about it. You haven't seen this, though, have no, you? No, I haven't, no. Google um, put in what they said was a mic drop setting. So, you know, the whole kind of like you, you sting somebody out of it and you drop the mic? You know so, what I mean? What? You know, if like you're having a kind of back and forth with somebody and it's that whole mic drop type thing, or like with CM Punk, it was pipe bomb and you drop the mic? Yeah, and you hear the noise? Yeah, and it's kind of like you've got no response, drop the mic, that kind of thing. So, me eyes water in here. I don't know what's wrong with me, sorry. Um, but Google put in a, a mic drop. And basically what it was was you send somebody a message and it was, I think it was one... Send like, somebody a message from the Google website. From, from Gmail. The home from G- from so Gmail. from your email. And I think it was one of the minions from like the Spickle of May or something. And essentially it's them like dropping a mic. So it's, it's say you're having a conversation with somebody and you're finishing a conversation with something kind of like cheeky and like, ha I win. Mic drop. All right. But the problem was there was a bug in it. And no matter what message you were sending, it was sending this mic drop thing. So people who are like sending CVs for job applications, people who are sending stuff to their boss, all these kind of things, were literally just sending this mic drop thing. There's been reports all day that like people have lost their jobs, people have got a serious disciplinary action. Yeah. Now, unless that's part of a wider April Fool's thing that like yeah, that you just but genuinely like yeah. So Google had to release a thing saying we've now disabled the mic drop thing and we're very very sorry. We like to usually play a joke this year. Clearly, the jokes being on us. We did not mean to cause harm, but we're sorry. So yeah, controversial. Um, read up on it if you haven't. It's, it's it kind of is a bit weird, like because like Google are usually. I've only seen um, stuff from social media. There was one um, where a nightclub or somewhere in town was saying that they were hosting Conor McGregor on midnight on Saturday. Yeah. So please, please share this status. Yeah. Similar to what we did. <laughs> A little bit, yeah. A <laughs> um, bit, bit of harmless marketing, you know yeah. what I mean? The other one we've seen is Bulmer's. Uh, the energy drink. The energy, their new energy drink. Yeah. Um, one from years gone by I loved was, uh, I think it was in the Herald, but it was it was in a paper anyway. Mm. And it said that um, Dublin City Council planned to take down the spire for... The spire is oh This year there was one saying the spire is sinking. Really? Yeah, the, the spoiler is always involved. On April Fool's Day, there was yeah, one. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was like, oh, the spoiler has been taken down for refurbishments. <laughs> <laughs> People were going nuts. <laughs> it's only shagging up when we're taking it down. Oh, I was it. out in. Um, oh, no. I'll talk about that later on, actually. Yeah, yeah. The, the 1916 stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a bit. And uh, the other April Fool's one, actually, speaking of classics. Do you remember Patrick Moore, the astrologer? Yeah, games master. Or astronomer. Which one's which? Astronomer. Astronomer is the proper one. And astrology is the made-up nonsense to do with horoscopes. So he's it? the first one. And he was the host of Games That's Master. That's right, he was. Very intelligent man. Games Master was deadly, wasn't it? He used to love that show. What was the Sky 1 one? No, it was it, wasn't it? No, there was a Channel 4 one that he was the voice of. And oh. then Sky 1 had one. Games World? Games World could be, yeah. Tweet doesn't let us know. At yeah, WTS spot if you can remember. It was good. Um, I always used to think I'd be deadly on that. The games world. You think it would be amazing oh, yeah. if I was playing like Flimbo's Quest or Sonic the Hedgehog yeah, or something? Yeah, That'd yeah. be amazing. Crash Bandicoot. Oh, I used to love Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. Oh, or Abe's Odyssey was always on it. Yo, 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 yeah. yo. Do you know what that is? Yeah. <laughs> Classic. We, we must have that. We must do uh, like a top 
10 games or something later on, yeah. Um, but Patrick Moore once done a thing, and it was like due to the Plutonian juvenile gravitational effect or something, the world, the, the globe will be at a certain point in the universe that gravity will temporarily be suspended. <laughs> and if you jump in the air, you'll kind of float a little bit. Now, you won't stay up, but like what is normally you jump up and land straight back down in kind of a second, you might spend, say, three to four seconds in the air. You are kidding me. And loads of people were doing it and then like getting in touch with newspaper. One woman in particular said that she spent like an hour or so floating around her house. Oh my God. So he, he basically trolled uh, an entire kingdom in the UK. The there kingdom. was one, there was a story today. You see, you have to be careful on April when you're reading stories in newspapers and April Fool's Day. Cause oh yeah, of course you do, yeah. Trying to separate fact from fiction. Like there was one where I didn't know whether it was fact or fiction where the US women's team is suing their federation because yeah. they want to have the same pay as the men because same they're more pay, successful as something. the men and they bring mm. in more money as the men. Women's football I don't know if that's April Fool's though. No, it's not. No, oh, isn't um, it? Did my, my future wife, Hope Solo, was heavily involved in it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Did the, you see Hope Solo? Huh? Um, yeah, I'd say some people might think I have a better hope of going solo. Uh, <laughs> Boom, boom, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's this whole uh, same play, same pay drive that they're saying. Like, mm. they're basically, we do the exact same job as them. Wh- where's the equality? Women's tennis stars tried it a couple of years ago, didn't they? Yeah, they tried it very recently with prize money, remember? And you had Novak Djokovic coming out and sort of saying, saying like, don't deserve no, it. yeah, and then other people coming out and saying, like, the, the money. Brave man, isn't he on tour? It, look, I, look, I'm all for equality. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm not. But all I'm saying is, why do you only hear about equality? When it comes to high-end jobs, why don't you hear about equality for like female sewer workers mm. or female like bin people, bin bin men, bin women, bin women, bin persons, bin, bin persons? <laughs> you, do you know what I mean? Like yeah, you don't yeah. like, and it's not that I'm trying to be a bollocks there. I'm just saying, absolutely, there should be equality, one hundred percent, and absolutely, there should be more female board members, and there should be more female CEOs, and there should be more female politicians, and everything like that. The best person should always get the job, regardless of gender. Yeah. So if the, if a female person is the best person for the job, she should get the job. Yeah. And yeah, sports stars probably should be paid the same. But I just don't get why we don't hear about equality when it comes to less desirable jobs. Well, as I said, I didn't know whether it was fact or fiction because of the day, the day that was in it. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. Which is fair enough. Because yeah. um, it, it said there was only five or six players that were doing it. It was like, why don't they have the support of the whole squad? Yeah, it's a bit bizarre. I wonder is it that some of them don't want to... It's probably the way the roster's done in America where mm. five or six of them on the, are on the higher paid bracket and the lower paid yeah. brackets just didn't want to support them. Well, I mean, look at it like this. We've had Stephanie Roach on this podcast yeah. who was nominated for a Postcast Award and is a fantastic footballer by all accounts. She plays in the Women's Premier League in England for Sunderland. Yeah. She played for, was it Houston Dash? Houston Dash, yeah. They don't get paid as much as the men do. Oh. Is that right and fair? Like, the Women's Premier League, is it even on telly in the UK compared to the Men's Premier League? It is. I think it's on BT now. Is it? But only re- in recent, only in the year, last yeah. year or two, though. You know what I mean? Like, I can see what the argument is that, oh, the men's one is the one where the TV right money is and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But... I just, yeah, it's an interesting one. Maybe we can come back to that some week. We yeah. should get somebody in to 
suppose Ash Daly in the UFC and women in the UFC get, not getting paid as much. Yeah. With the exception of like Ronda, who has obviously. And now Holly with her new contract. Yeah, but she's still not making Ronda money. Well, she made half a million the last one. Yeah, but like. Once off, probably. Potentially, especially since though she lost. Go on, Misha. Go on, Misha. Um, oh, UFC 200 card. Oh, announced. my God, yeah. Yeah, we'll wrap up housekeeping with this one. I haven't said now it's time for housekeeping in weeks, actually. No. I must get back on that. Yeah. <laughs> UFC 200. Yeah. Um, Diaz versus McGregor 2. 2. Main event. Aldo versus Frankie Edgar. Co-main event for the interim yeah. 145 title. How do you feel about those two fights in particular? Um... I love the king. Yeah. So I'm not going to say anything bad. Okay. However. I was going to say, you say that with a slight air of trepidation, if you don't yeah, want to say anything. No, it's just, UFC 200 to me, like 100, to me, it's an, it's an anniversary show. It's a marquee event. It's a marquee event. They're opening the new stadium in Las Vegas, the T-Mobile Arena. 26,000 people. Um, they're gone from like what sixteen thousand the MGM to twenty nine thousand whatever. Um, it initially when I seen it, it was the, the rematches as the main and the co main. It was a bit underwhelming. Um, I didn't. I know when when a fighter is just after being defeated like Conor in March fifth at uh, ninety six well ninety six. Um, and he was just going to go, maybe I'd just go back to 145, because he was down in the dumps, didn't really know what to say. But obviously, as time gone by, he might have thought about it, and was like, look, I want, I know I can beat him at 170. I should have beaten him. And I think that's how it's come about. I was reading um, articles um, saying, like, P.T. Carroll, one of the best Irish MMA writers. Absolutely. I read his article um was it his article? I think it was his article where it was saying that Connor pushed for this and he's obsessed with getting the getting the kind of the one back. But my problem here is is that if he beats Nate Diaz in July, that's one all. Do we get the rubber match? Do we get a tour match? I'm not really interested in the rematch at Welterweight. Never mind the tour match. I would have liked to have seen what the fans want to see, I, I think, is Connor versus Frank Edgar. But the more the days go on with uh, having the lineup being announced, I'm kind of warming to it. I won't be going to it now, but I'm I'm warming to the actual card because you've got Travis Brown and Cain Velasquez on it. You have Sage Norcutt on it. You have Katzengano. Like it's it's built heavy, but I just expected. I didn't want it to be. I didn't expect it to be yeah. uh, a main of a rematch and a co-main as a rematch. Yeah, and um, the one four five thing, like it just had me confused because why are you having an interim fight six months after someone has won the belt? Why don't they just make that as a number one contender fight, and then, then Connor fights the winner of that number one contender in November in Madison Square Garden, New York. Uh, I, That's in my head. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. With I was just so confused with it to be honest. No, and I agree with an awful lot of what you've said. Like same, I I love the king. I won't have a bad word said. But there is a however. You're going to it, Danny? I am going. Well, provided I get tickets, I'm, I'm booked to go to Vegas in July. I will be there um, in Vegas when the you fights are on. Tickets. So long as I get tickets, I will be there. Um, I don't know how I feel about it, if I'm being honest. I, when I first seen it, I was, when I woke up on, what was it, last Wednesday or Tuesday, yeah. 
I was underwhelmed. Um, to be honest, I felt... I still don't know how I feel about it. Like, I just don't understand. <sighs> Joe Lazan, Diego Sanchez. I'm looking forward to that fight, to be yeah. honest. I'm looking forward to Takanomi Takanomi Gomi versus uh, Millard as well. Yeah. But the McGregor Diaz thing. Sage Norco. Who's he fighting? I don't actually know who he's fighting. Can't remember. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Katzangano. Katzangano. Well. Has that been. Has that, that's yeah, been that was announced, yeah. Cool. Uh, versus Juliana Pena. Pena, yeah. yeah that'd cool. be a good fight. That will be a great fight. Uh, the Diaz McGregor one again. I just. <sighs> Look, he, he, he. I can get. I get why the 170 happened. At uh, I get why why it was a welter uh, welterweight belt. At the, the time, I fight. felt it was an exhibition thing. I didn't feel I did there was feel any it was value an in it. Like, and I still don't. I'm still not sure there is any value in a fight at 170. It was an exhibition because it was a replacement. They saved the card and fair play to them for stepping I, I, up. 100, percent I agree with that. But I don't see like I don't see McGregor having a future at 170. No, bar unless does he want to be. Considered 170 going forward. Very small welterweight though, wouldn't he be? Yeah, yeah. Like you compare him to say a Carlos Conda or a Robbie Lawler, he'd be quite small. Like he was smaller than Diaz and Diaz fights mainly at 155. Like, mm. like McGregor is a big, big, big featherweight and he would be a decent sized lightweight. I just, I'm not sure. I know he takes, I know he doesn't like the cut for 145 and he looks horrid at the weigh-ins. Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, the next day, the, on fight day, he looks great and he's an animal. 100% oh, 45. yeah I'm just if I'm being honest I'm a little bit disappointed that since he won the belt he'll have fought twice and it won't have been to defend the featherweight belt at yeah. all that's a little bit disappointing for me but see if if the story was written the way we all wanted it he would have he'd be the holder of the lightweight title now and the featherweight title yeah which would suggest to me then that he would defend either the featherweight uh, at UFC 200 he would have defended either the featherweight or he would have dropped the featherweight and defended the lightweight who we all right. It's the anniversary show. Yeah. We all knew yeah. Connor's the king at the moment. In the UFC. We all knew he was going to be top of the bill. Yeah. Who would you wanted to see him to fight? Who would I like to see him Connor yeah. fight? Frank Edgar. Yeah. Same with me. Um, I, I think he be- beats Frank Edgar as well. I he? I don't believe the Jose Aldo thing was a fluke. He called the shot. He called it, and you can see in, like there's the footage on YouTube and all that came out after the fight of him warming up in the locker room, and, and you see didn't. him doing that move. Over and over because he knew, like he predicted it, and it's amazing. He so, shouldn't be too hard on himself over the loss, though. Do you know what I mean? He got nah, ten days be. to, he ten days to prepare for a welterweight bout, like a, a way he'd never fought. The way he'd never fought before. Don't be so hard on yourself. Against look, I know, and I know even on this podcast we were maybe a little bit dismissive of Diaz as well. But at the end of the day, the the dude has been in the UFC that long. He's obviously got some, and they have serious chains. They. Great boxing with Richard Perez as the coach, and sees a great jiu jitsu was renowned. Like they're, they're, yeah. the two Diaz brothers, for all their pantomime and all the bravado and Stockton two hundred nine and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, look, I mean, the best thing about UFC two hundred so far is the post posters, the artwork for the posters. No, I'm I'm, I'm a fan of the the Aldo Edgar fight. I'm a big fan of that fight. Yeah, I'm just not a fan of rematches. Uh, oh yeah, when there's a case for them, and I think this is a good case for it. Do you, do you think Edgar has to... Oh, okay. I think I thought Edgar would have been next in line. Absolutely. Without no. having to fight no, Aldo. I, I'd agree with you there, I do. But what I'm saying is, if Edgar isn't fighting McGregor next, it makes sense for him to yeah, fight Aldo. Of course, yeah. But if... Uh, it's Personally funny. speaking, what I would have actually liked to have seen would have been McGregor versus Edgar and Aldo versus Max Holloway. That That's perfect. That's what I would have liked to have seen. 
with maybe GSP versus Robbie Lawler. There's still talk of that, isn't there? I don't. Th- I think if GSP is going to come back, I don't think they're going to put it in as an other than a headliner. And I would imagine it would go into one of the New York shows. I don't see. There's I, talk of you know. There's talk of Connor versus Frankie in New York in November as well. Yeah, there's but then Frankie has to be Aldo. There's also talk of if John Jones wins. John Jones, Chris Weidman, who are John both, Jones has to get out of prison. He, yeah, well, he is out though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he has, he has to stay out of prison. Breaking my heart, that man. Oh, stop! But does I mean there's so many options there. So they've got George, potentially got Connor and Frankie. Frankie's a New Jersey boy, so he'd be great for the East Coast. Chris Weidman, who was one of the like, most vocal. Guys, when it yeah. came to, and obviously John Jones, who's a New York boy, like I listened to the conference call with Lorenzo Vertita and Chris Weidman. Um, I love it, Chris Weidman when it I was really announced um, that they got into New York. Yeah, and Lorenzo was saying that the the idea would be that we'd have in an ideal world because the governor has to sign it in now, yeah. and then 120 days after the governor signs in, they're allowed to plan their first event. So what's that? Three six nine. That's four months. Um, so he was hoping that he'd have two shows in New York State by the end of the year. One the in yeah. one the in Barclay Rochester. Would it be? No, one in Madison Square Garden and yeah. one in Rochester. He said Rochester. Yeah, yeah. By oh. the end of the year, so the Rochester card could be a fight night, and Madison Square Garden could be a pay per view. Uh, MSG. If they get to Madison Square Garden, that is going to be a huge, huge. card. They'll break. I think the oh, last gate was Holyfield and. Lennox Lewis. Yeah, I would probably argue, to be honest, that when they go to MSG, that that fight card will be bigger than UFC 200. It'll be bigger than UFC 198, which is a beast of a card. Yeah. Um, but look, all we can do is wait and see. But, uh, yeah, like, it's mad because I was only talking to my brother earlier on about um, Ronda Holm. Yeah. Uh, Rousey Holm in Melbourne in the stadium. That was yeah. like a, a record-breaking uh, attendance. Mm-hmm. But it was such an underwhelming card. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of what sold that was the fact that Ronda was on it. It's crazy. You know? Um, there wasn't much for the punter, like. No, um, but I think they do that and they had to get up at 10am in Australia yeah, to go to that's it. that's crazy. But I think they do that DOC sometimes. I think they make it a little bit top-heavy. Yeah. It's very rare that you would get a card that would be absolutely stacked throughout like I think that's what we're expecting with UFC 200 absolutely when it's eventually because, finalised aren't we yeah because when you look at UFC 100 that card was beastly like, uh, no Sonnen wasn't no, or was he no Henderson Bisbing was on it was um, Chad Sonnen on 100 I don't think so no I think it was it was Frank Mir Brock Lesnar uh, George St. Pierre oh of course uh, Th- Paolo Thiago and then Dan Henderson versus Michael Bisbing John Fitch was supposed to, actually the weird thing about UFC 100 was John Fitch was supposed to fight earlier in the night but the fight got pushed back and it actually went on after the heavyweight title fight between oh, Lesnar and Amir I remember yeah yeah so but a lot of people left yeah they did yeah of course they did sure the main event was gone like so you know what I mean but anyway look. why did I think Charles Sonnen was on that uh, probably because he was the biggest draw in UFC so it would have made sense to yeah, so it was Lesnar Amir GSP Alves Emerson yeah. Bisping, John F- Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, thing was Mark Coleman on that card? Oh, God, I don't know. Was Coleman not retired by then? No, I think he was Mark Coleman and Stephen Bonner. Potentially. Yeah. Could have been. I, I can't really remember, to be honest. But right. Anyway, enough about UFC. Yeah. Um, right, we're talking April Fool's Day. But uh, other things in April. April 4th marks uh, the anniversary of the assassination of Martin Luther King. 
uh, April 4th, 1960. Martin Luther King Jr. Sorry, Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> Named after his father. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, 1968 he was shot. Um, in Memphis, Tennessee. March, was it? Yeah, that was only a joke. I was like, hang on, what? That actually threw me. (laughs) You cheeky pup, you. Um, Yeah, so he was only 39 when he was shot. Like, when you think about how much that man achieved and how much he'd done, like, 39. He's an inspiring man, like, and. I've been to the mountaintop. Yeah. Great speech, that. That was a speech he was saying when he died. The day before he died, he made that speech. Was it not that speech? No, the day he was before. going to uh, the protesters. The day before he, he was assassinated, he made that I've been to the mountaintop speech. Wow. And then, uh, there's a bit of a weird story about when he was shot. He was on the second floor balcony. The of, motel. A motel, yeah, in Memphis, Tennessee. And the story goes, I can't remember the name of the singer, but uh, there was some singer that was going to be performing at the rally that Martin Luther King Jr. was going to be speaking at. And he wanted him to play some song yeah his favourite song yeah and it was like he like apparently his last words were about this and he was saying to your man I want you to play that song and I want you to play it real nice okay apparently that's the last words that he said and I think it was Into My Arms Oh Lord or something like that he was um, wrong. he was going to uh, support black workers because in whatever Lewis workers wasn't it what Lewis workers <laughs> Lewis workers yeah <laughs> He was going to support the Lewis strike in Sandyford. Yeah, yeah. And he was going to... Uh, from, via Skype from Memphis, Tennessee. <laughs> he was going to... Um, he was going to support us, uh, the, the black workers because basically they couldn't work in bad weather conditions. But yeah. for the black workers, if they couldn't work in the bad weather conditions, they couldn't. they wouldn't get paid. But if the white workers couldn't work in the bad weather conditions, they still got paid. For a full day. For a yeah, full day. Right, yeah. So. Um, yeah, like it's, like. On his way as well though, he was, um, his plane had to be diverted or it was delayed because of a bomb threat to the plane. Oh on yeah? The, on the same day, yeah. Oh, that's right, sorry, yeah, I remember yeah. that. Well, I don't remember, I wasn't there. I remember, <laughs> I remember reading about that. Um, um, let's see here, we'll just. Ben Branch was the singer. Ben Branch, I yeah. wouldn't. I, I could have been here for three weeks and I wouldn't have got that. And here. his last words were, "Ben, make sure you play. Take my hand, precious Lord." There you go. I was mm-hmm. saying, "Into my arms, oh Lord." I was yeah. close, close enough. Uh, here, look, we'll hear a little bit from the Reverend, the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. Um, this that I have a dream speech. This one, it's not actually the um, the I've been to the mountaintop one, purely because uh, I can't type quick enough into YouTube and this the first thing <laughs> that came up. Jeez, the amount of people at this, it's packed. We face the difficulties of today and tomorrow. I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. He just had a way about him, didn't he? Like, when you watch footage of his speeches and that, like, this one here is at the Lincoln Monument. and The Lincoln the, Monument? There's a great movie called, um, I think it's On the Bus. Right. And it's the about... Rosa Parks? No, it's about um, a group of black men 
from a suburb uh, in America and they're getting the bus yeah. to the Million Man March. That's what it's called, isn't it? The Million Man March. Yeah, I think that's I what I heard. That sounds well. I don't know. That that sounds like. It's, yeah, it sounds familiar, but I'm not. It's weird. Like I'm not a hundred percent sure of stuff. I just I thought this would be a fascinating topic. Do you know what I mean? It is a fascinating topic. Um, it was it was the Million Man? Uh, yeah. The Million Man March. Here, hang on. We have the. Oh, I've been to the mountaintop. Let's see if I can get this. Be true to what you said on paper. I love it. Be true to what you said on paper. lived in China or even Russia or any totalitarian country. Maybe I could understand some of these illegal injunctions. Maybe I could understand the denial of certain basic First Amendment privileges because they haven't committed themselves to that over there. But somewhere I read of the freedom of assembly Somewhere I read of the freedom of speech. Somewhere I read of the freedom of press. Somewhere I read that the greatness of America is the right to protest far right. Just do that playing the background. His voice mm. is just so inspiring, isn't it? He knew how to deliver a good speech. Yeah. The the movie, sorry, the million, million Mount March wasn't Martin Luther King, but the movie is based on a couple of black people's journey right. on their way to that march it's a great movie yeah get off the bus I think it's called but when you think of what he inspired like and how much he done I'll just turn that speech off actually um, what he achieved and like because he was doing the like well I suppose you'd say his campaign his whole life but what I mean in truth he was in the forefront of things for what about a decade or so yeah um, when he started like started in his early 20s yeah when you think of it like that and kind of we were saying earlier on he was 39 and yeah. we'll talk later about the, the our rebel leaders of 1916. Yeah. All in their 30s like. It's mad isn't it? You it's don't, crazy. You, you don't, don't really have anybody that's young and. Michael Collins 32 when he died. Yeah. yeah. Look how much of a martyr. The 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 thing as well with MLK, Martin Luther King Jr. was when he was killed man. The aftermath like the race riots and all are. are the tension was crazy. Like you know what I mean. Um, and. It kind of links into another assassination in the form of Bobby Kennedy, who was JFK's brother. JFK was obviously assassinated five years earlier. Yeah, there was, there was John, Ted and Bobby, wasn't there? Yeah, I think Three so, brothers, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ted is one only died like about four years ago. So. Yeah. But, obviously, right, well, John F. Kennedy obviously assassinated in Dallas in November 63. Yeah. Another um, speaker who was quite inspiring. Yeah, 100%. Like, he was another one that, he was young, um, flamboyant, like, kind of, not flamboyant, I suppose, but, like... No, I think flamboyant is right, considering his personal life. Char- 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 yeah, actually, Charismatic. Yeah. Charismatic was the word I was looking for. But, yeah, I mean, if the rumors of him and Merlin and Ron were in Tintacoba... God bless them. Absolutely, but, yeah. He's doing a shot boy, Lee Harvey Oswald. Lee Harvey Oswald shot JFK. Do you know who shot Lee Harvey Oswald? Oh, uh, no. I, great pub quiz question. I do question. know, but go great, on. Great pub quiz. Jack Ruby. Great pub quiz question. Weird thing about that was Jack Ruby thought he was doing people a favour by shooting him. Like when he shot him and the cops grabbed him, they were like, fellas, relax, it's me, it's Jack. As if like, it's all right, lads, you got this. He was a nightclub owner like Jack Ruby. Ties to the Mafia, which is kind of 
feeds into the conspiracy theories as well. You should listen to the JFK conspiracy from those conspiracy guys. It's I, li- good. I, li- I listened to a couple of their, um, I think I yeah. listened to the John Lennon assassination one. Like, yeah. you're talking about Bobby Kennedy, John F. Kennedy, and yeah. then uh, Martin Luther King. Like, three very outspoken public representatives in America. And just, yeah. like, I just, conspiracy linked to their three deaths. Yeah, well, the JFK one's probably the most famous conspiracy of them all. Yeah. Like, without a doubt, without know, a shadow of a doubt. Like, the whole thing surrounding Lee Harvey Oswald and the fact that he was, like, a patsy, as they said. Pat, and, I'm working and, and on the, the the CIA's kind of uh, experimental yeah. program. And like, it's a bit weird, like, because, yeah, this is all at the height of the Cold War. Like, so yeah. I mean, the Bay of Pigs crisis that only just happened, it was in the height of the, the Cuban, paranoia, like. The Cuban Missile Crisis was, was ongoing. And then you have this American who defects from America after trying to be in the American army and being a below-rate sniper in the American army. Defects from America, goes to the Soviet Union, is there for quite a while, marries a Soviet woman, and yet returns to America with this Soviet woman. Like It just it doesn't tie into the narrative at the time, does no, it? No, it doesn't. And you know? Your man that sh- shot Martin Luther King, I think, didn't he say that he shot him because he thought he was a communist? And he's bringing communism into the America. I can't remember, but I would not be surprised at yeah. all. It's mad the amount of... Like, when you look at the history of assassinations, the amount of them that are purely based on political is yeah, crazy. Yeah, well, Miranda shot Bobby Kennedy was saying about um, his... Bobby Kennedy's support of Israel. Yeah. And that's yeah. why he was shot. It was a Palestinian guy, wasn't it? A Palestinian guy, yeah. Mad. Bobby Kennedy was um, delivering a talk in a hotel. And then yeah, he went... He was, he was, his he was on the campaign trail. He was running for our yeah, president. Yeah, he was running for presidency and he was against, on the campaign trail. Uh, funny, what's weird about that is he was running against Lyndon B. Johnson, who took over, took over when JFK got yeah. shot. Yeah, he was sworn in on Air Force One with JFK's corpse. But Bobby a, Kennedy yeah. always said when Lyndon Johnson rang him, because Lyndon Johnson was the Department of Justice mm. um, back then when JFK died, and Bobby always said that Johnson called him to tell him that JFK had been shot. Yeah. And that was it. Really? He didn't kind of elaborate, elaborate or condolences or... Wow. Uh, so he that, that's what led Bobby Kennedy to be suspicious of the whole situation and asked the CIA, CIA to investigate it. Yeah. But then, years later, Bobby... I think it was, I think it was actually during the presidential campaign mm. where Bobby came out and said, no, he's, he's content that the CIA had nothing to do with it. Right. Um, but Bobby Kennedy was shot in the kitchen of the hotel. Yeah. Because they were bringing him through the kitchen to get out because they said it was the quickest way to get out. And then a Palestinian shot him. Jesus. Mad, isn't it? Like, yeah. The whole, like, assassina- assassinations throughout history is kind of fascinating in a way. Mm. Like, that's just three high profile ones. But if you go way back, and I'm talking way back. Now, be a Geekosaurus Rex here. And right. Because you have all the classical studies. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, the two ancient worlds, Greece and Rome, assassinations are littered all over the place. But what's weird about it is that Greece in particular, from, I think it's 338 BC, so that's 338 years before Christ, the main man himself came along. Before right? Connor or before Christ? Sorry, before uh, Christ. <laughs> uh, it's like over 2,000 years before. Anyway, um... Philip of Macedon was killed. Now, Philip of Macedon, to everybody else, they're thinking, oh, yeah, man, fucking shit, not about. Yeah. Philip of Macedon was 
Macedonian king, the father of Alexander the Great. And Alexander the Great, of course, went on to conquer pretty much the entire known world. Colin Farrell, yeah. Yeah, exa- yeah exactly, yeah. Awful film. And I always say that as somebody who enjoyed that film. It's still awful, though. Right. I enjoyed it purely from a, like, a history geek kind of thing. Um, but he was assassinated in 338. Greece didn't have, officially now, another political assassination until the 1800s. 1800 AD. So over 2,000 years, Greece was an assassination-free zone. And what's the significance of that, though? I just find that fascinating because to go from a situation where... There, there could have been assassinations and they just weren't recorded, no? Yeah, but... I don't see why they wouldn't have been recorded. Yeah. And you have to remember, like, in ancient How times... How do we know about Alexander the Great's father assassination? Well, Was it just written on a bit of rock? <laughs> on a stick of rock? On a stick. Somebody bought it in Trabalgan and was yeah. like, lads, I found a missing link. <laughs> oh, there was historians at the time, like Herodotus and Plutarch and all these fellas. Like, um, Aristotle, who taught Alexander the Great. Do you know what I mean? Like, but did they write it down? And yeah, exactly. It's just yeah. like stories passed down. like Yeah, exactly. So it would have been recorded and passed on. And then Alexander the Great um, would have founded cities. Like There was like a load of cities called Alexandria, named after him. The most famous one probably being in Egypt. There was a great library there with loads of stuff like, but that was born down and then, yeah. So from 323 BC to the so, 1800s AD, yeah. there was no assassination officially in recorded Greece. Recorded in Greece. Yeah, which. What about other countries? Which, right, <laughs> this is what I'm getting to, right? Because that gives you a span of 2,000 years where officially nobody was assassinated, like, which is bizarre for a start. But then you compare that to the other great classical world of Rome. Which was literally just murder after murder after murder, like right. So if you start in, I'm gonna get my dates. So wrong. Are you comparing the trends on Rome versus Greece, basically, and saying, yeah, in is a that way, what you find fascinating that there was nearly a, an assassination every second day in Rome, but then there isn't one recorded in Greece for two thousand years. Yeah, like for example, like seventeen Roman emperors were assassinated in the space of under two hundred years in the Roman Empire. Was there any popes assassinated? Oh yeah, I think there's been six. In total. No, wait. I'm probably, I think there's been four American presidents assassinated. I think there's been five popes assassinated. I think. When was the last pope assassinated? I know there was an attempt on JP2. Yeah. But I can't, I can't remember. JP2. (laughs) (laughs) But I can't, John Paul II. Um, I can't remember. I want to say it was probably Pope Gregory, but I'm not 100% sure. Sorry, I went on the tangent. No, you're grand. But I'm going to get my dates wrong here, but Caesar was Julius Caesar, right? Right. So. This is where the geeky bit comes in, right? So you had Rome was a republic. So everybody knows about the Roman Empire. Before the Empire it was a republic, which meant that it had a Senate and elected representatives, so it had like a tribune to the plebs and it had these guys who went and Plebs. That's but that's what it was called, yeah. Um the the Gracchi, I think the Gracchus Vericus Gracchus or something was his name. Anyway. You had all these guys who would literally go to the Roman Senate, Roman Forum, they talk about what needs to go on in Rome. And say, all right, we're going to do it then, and get it done. Like, and that was the Roman Republic, and that was the model of democracy that they used, and blah blah blah. And you had the Roman, um, sorry, Roman army, which was obviously going out around Europe and whatnot. So it was in like Germanica, modern Germany, Gaul, modern Spain, up around France, that kind of thing. And uh, they're baiting the shit out of people, <laughs> like basically winning left, right, and centre. Two of the most famous generals would have been Julius Caesar and Gaius Magnus Pompey. And Caesar and Pompey would have been good mates. 
until there was a rule which basically said Roman generals do not bring the army beyond the river Rubicon. And this is what gives birth to the saying, crossing the Rubicon, the point of no return. So when a general was coming back to Rome, he had to leave his army outside city lines, which was River Rubicon. But Caesar decided the Republic wasn't working, and he was going to bring the army back in, and he was going to take control. So he crossed the Rubicon with his army after winning in Gaul and being away for, I think it was like seven or eight years. Uh, Pompey didn't like this, nor did the Senate, obviously, because Caesar was coming to get them. But Caesar was extremely popular with kind of the middle class and whatnot. So, he comes back in, bosses it a bit, things run smooth a little bit, but the senators aren't happy because they've had cushy lives, now that's being messed up, so they plot against him. Two in particular plot against him, a guy called Brutus and a guy called Cassius. Brutus the Barber Beefcake? Brutus the Barber Beefcake, exactly, he would go on to... to Cassius Clay? Yeah, and Cassius Clay, he would go on to win the World Heavyweight title. (laughs) (laughs) So, Brutus and Cassius, and this is where it gets even weirder again. Brutus and Cassius, Brutus was the son of, and Cassius was the nephew of, they were cousins, were the son of a woman called, it's going to annoy me, I can't even name, hang on, I have to get her name, because it's kind of important. It's um, just, sorry, go on. It's just mad, I think. I think Servilia, I Servilia think, was her name, sorry, anyway. I think assassinations are just mad, it's... It's like it's like the establishment getting rid of somebody at no like there's, there's they never pay for it. Oh yeah, and they, and but this is the beauty, right? This, this the Caesar assassination particularly. This one spend a little bit of time on this one because this is where it gets mad. Brutus and Cassius were related to Servia, who was a lover of Caesar's. However, they were also senators. So when the Senate were kicking it up, they turned to them because they were like, "Look, you've got the inside track on this guy. You can get the job done." We need to conspire and we need to get this shit sorted out. Servia being a lover of Caesar, who was a little bit kind of angry because Caesar had been off in Egypt with Cleopatra. And a lot of people don't realise these timelines overlap, like Cleopatra, the famous pharaoh of Egypt. like. And Caesar had a son with her called Caesarian. Um, so where Caesarian section comes from? I'm not 100% sure, but no, no, but ge- that, no, that's a genuine thing. I'm not 100%, I think there, there is a connection there, but, um, so they came back to live in Rome for a little while, which pissed off Servilia, and then Brutus, who was like a son to Caesar, decided, alright, enough's enough, he has to go. So they organised this big plot, and Caesar's warned by a priest, beware the Ides of March, the Ides of March being the 15th. So the 15th of March comes, Caesar's making his way to the Senate for the meeting that was being called, sees this priest, and famously says to him, the Ides of March have come, and I'm still here. To which the priest replies, I, Caesar, they have come, but they have not gone. Caesar goes to the Senate, he stabbed 21 times and killed. That's mad, isn't it? Like, do you know what I mean? So, yeah. but the aftermath of that then is the Republic falls, Caesar's nephew, Octavian, becomes Caesar Augustus by law, goes on to win two wars, and creates the Roman Empire. And that changes the course of the world as we know it. Why was that Caesar's tomb? In in Caesar's palace in Las Vegas? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The actual Caesar? (laughs) You were at the the altar of Caesar, was it? Yeah, the altar. But it's so random. If you've ever been to Rome, you're just... 
You literally trip up over. You trip over. up over history. Like, I was um, going towards the Coliseum one evening. Yeah. And um, whatever we did, we, we stopped and we were just looking around and it was, it was night time. I just looked behind me. I was like, Jeez, there's, there's Caesar's altar. Yeah. What the hell? Like? It's mad. Like, you do. You just stumble upon things all over Rome. Like Rome's great. It's a it's a great city for just walking around. Um, but yeah, the, like, the assassination of Caesar completely changes the course of history changes everything like you know when people talk about these like the butterfly effect that whole thing if you go back in time you change one little thing like if you step on a bug it could change everything like Caesar being assassinated has that ripple effect that butterfly thing because it sets in motion a chain of events which alters history completely like well yeah of course like you talk about the assassinations of JFK Bobby Kennedy Mm. Martin Luther King even the executions of our rebel leaders, yeah. the assassination of Michael Collins. Yeah. It's mad to think what what would have happened. Because they were all young. They're all yeah, young men. Like, well, Caesar wasn't young, I suppose. But no, but... No, I, I know what you're getting at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, they, they still had a lot to offer. What would what would Ireland be like if the leaders, rebel leaders of 1916 weren't executed? If Michael yeah. Collins wasn't assassinated? Yeah. What happened to America if MLK wasn't assassinated? What happened if, if Abraham Lincoln hadn't been assassinated? It's crazy. You know what I mean? Um, I wouldn't say the same for our President Garfield. He wasn't as influential, was he? I never even heard Garfield. Yeah, there you go. Andrew Garfield. I think he's on the Why would they have a cat as a president? Lasagna, I guess. <laughs> Free lasagna dinners and skills. But I just... Uh, <laughs> Like, the Caesar thing to me, like, and look, and I openly admit, I... I you I, geeked geek, out there. Full on, and, and, and I'm was, happy to. Yeah, yeah, I felt like it was in a history lesson in but, Mr. Carty's class. Because yeah. <laughs> I don't really know much about classical studies. Yeah, but, um, like, Caesar, in, like, that assassination in particular to me is is a catalyst that, that sets in motion a chain of events that it shapes the world, the ancient and the modern world. Like, without the assassination of Caesar... We can't say for certain there would have been a Roman Empire as we know it. And without a Roman Empire as we know it, Europe as we know it, is a completely different place. There wouldn't have been, like, pizza or pasta? 100% there wouldn't have been pizza or pasta. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you wouldn't be going down to Tesco and getting a frozen Goodfellas for your dinner, like. <laughs> and that's all thanks to Caesar. Sure. It's all thanks to Caesar. What would the salad be called? <laughs> of course. <laughs> so, oh, how did I even miss the Caesar you. salad? What would you call the little tin of dog food? Oh, Caesar's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know what I mean. You could oh, just uh, call it a chicken salad. Yeah, you probably would, wouldn't you? <laughs> give, us a, give us that chicken salad that weird sauce, eh? Oh, you want a weird chicken salad? A weird chicken salad, please, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, sorry, then just to touch back on, then you don't have another assassination then until about 44 AD. Um, so Jesus has been born and died, allegedly, in this time frame. He's, he's been born, crucified, and the world has moved on a little bit. Along comes Caligula. He's executed. And then you have this chain of 16 emperors being executed in the next 180 years. Mad, isn't it? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I would say the second most important assassination after that in world history would be the assassination of Franz Ferdinand. Okay. The Archduke Franz Ferdinand, which caused World War One, the Ottoman Empire and all that. The Austro-Hungarian lads and the Black Hand, he gets shot, and after that shit goes down, <laughs> and you can't check. Like World War One sets World War Two up, World War Two sets up the nuclear age, and the nuclear age sets up all of us shitting our knickers every time somebody gets an itchy trigger finger. And then I wouldn't have got to see Franz Ferdinand play witness in two thousand one. True, he probably would have been called like 
Bobby Ewing of Dallas. <laughs> no, wait. The assassination of... Uh, J.R. Ewing. J.R. Ewing oh, said well. Bobby, yeah. Bobby was his brother, wasn't he? Yeah. J.R. Ewing, yeah. J.R., yeah. Who shot J.R.? Who shot, shot J.R.? That's what they would have been called. And I don't think Take Me Out would have been as catchy then. No. <laughs> I, I was trying to think of a song. I was going to say, I yeah. predict the riot. That's Coyser Chiefs. That's Coyser Chiefs, yeah. <laughs> um, that would have sounded like Jason McAdeer there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What other song? Matinee. I like Matinee. That was a good yeah, one. Yeah, they were good at the start. Find me and follow me. Matinee. Yeah. Michael Collins' assassination is probably yeah. one of the biggest ones. I would argue probably even more so than the 1916 leaders. Yeah, possibly, yeah. Um, I know there was more of them, so they have them outdone at the numbers game. But I think in terms of certainly romanticized figures, I think Collins is the most romanticized. Is that because of the movie? I think the movie plays a part in it, but I also think uh, former guest of the show, Tim Pakugan, his book yeah. on Michael Collins, uh, the big fella, plays a part in it. I think revisionist history has played a part in it. Um, there's me throat again. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that, and the whole the whole thing surrounding his death, the fact like, was Dev involved, was Dev not involved? Yeah. You know? Um, I just think it would be in, like... If it, it would have been. I just find it fascinating that in inspiring people in polit- political life, yeah, around that time and even up to the the Kennedys and and Luther King, <coughs> all the young. Well, no, the Kennedys weren't young. They were in the late forties. No, I think JFK was mid forties. Was he? He wasn't that old. Like he was a young president. Do well, you know what I mean? I didn't know Luther King was only thirty nine. Yeah, Collins was thirty two. Um, it's just I think he's killing Ben. The blonde, politics is missing people, um, inspiring people in their thirties. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think the world doesn't have, with the exception of the Kardashians and Justin Bieber, <laughs> any young role models. <laughs> John Cena, <laughs> hustle, loyalty, and yeah, respect. respect. <laughs> no, like um, I just in hindsight, like hundred years later, it's just fascinating this, to think what would have happened. Yeah, you know, because ideally, or do you think do you think of any of the assassinations we've talked about had happened or had not happened, right? If any of them single events hadn't come to fruition, would WrestleMania thirty two still be on this weekend? <laughs> I don't know. I thought you were gonna ask a real question there. <laughs> ah, come on. Well, it's in Dallas. Oh, well played. Yeah. Well played. It's in Dallas. Um, yeah. The Michael Collins thing. Have you ever been to Bell and the Blah? I haven't. No, I haven't. It's weird. Was it, it actually, you know the movie where he shot? Was that, no, that, is, was, that was Wicklow. That's no, Wicklow, is it? That's down near uh, down near Kill Mechanic. Okay. Because Bell and the Blah has a lot of houses now. Oh, it does, is it? Yeah, well, there's still like a patch kind of, they have a ceremony. Fianna Gael organises because Collins is Fianna Gael, like, organise a ceremony. Every August 22nd. Well, they claim them, don't they? They claim them, yeah. Um, every August 22nd, I think, is the anniversary. And they have a yoke and they usually invite speakers. I think I might be right in saying, was it Bertie or Michal Martin? Bertie. Was the first Fianna Fáil one to give the speech down at Bell and Blah. Before that, there'd never been a Fianna Fáil person I've or something. I've seen a Bertie, yeah. He's a wreath um, as well. Yeah. And uh, the whole Sonny O'Neill... That's the man who allegedly fired the bullet. Well, they don't really know, don't they know? Well, 
They, like, some people no, say Sonny O'Neill, some people say John Rhys Myers. John Rhys Myers, yeah. Crafty whore. <laughs> if Neil Jordan is to be believed, <laughs> yeah, it's John Rhys Myers, John isn't it? Myers. Um, I think that's... Uh, it was unfortunate, though. It was a fluke. It was a ricochet. It bounced off a rock and hit him in the face. You know what I mean? Fluke. And it robbed Ireland of arguably one of its greatest I've political figures. I've been to his um, grave in, in Glasnevin. In Glasnevin. Yeah. And I did the tour in Glasnevin. And when you come to the end of the tour, you're at Michael Collins' grave. And does Liam Neeson stand there every day? <laughs> no. But Liam doesn't. But the person that gives the tour... Yeah. Um, said that a woman is this the French woman French woman moved to Ireland in yeah. the 80s and loves Michael Collins like yeah and like brings flowers brings flowers either weekly or daily yeah but Do you I know found that? that fascinating there's a great documentary it's got one million yeah, Dubliners one million the shame like Thomas that's right yeah him, yeah, yeah from Jesus, Brack. Yeah. Um, he was the historian and last yeah. name he used to give the curator of the, the Glasnevin the Museum, Glasnevin yeah, Museum, and then yeah. took his own life. Into a very sad story, that. Yeah. But that documentary, if you haven't seen that, it's well worth having it's a look. Unbelievable documentary! It's so sad. If you, and if you have you ever done have you ever done the tour in Glasnevin? It's believe it or not, for five years or six years now, I've been saying I must do that. I must do that. Oh, and I've, Danny, never, I've never got around to doing it. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's 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 just you're walking around history, and to think that like Parnell's buried there. Yeah. There's Michael Collins. Do you know, it's it's crazy. Yeah. I suppose everybody just mounds Dave's grave today. <laughs> yeah. Just whip that cax and fuck out there. <laughs> Why do you think he gets a bad rep? Ah, he was he was a weird fish. I think, think he had serious trouble. I, I don't know if I believe the whole he could have avoided the civil war and he sold his countryman out, but when came a chance for him to get into power he was more than happy to swear an allegiance to the king I don't know about that you know what I mean like the whole and I know other people then would be like oh well didn't he get us the republic in the end well yeah he did through a loophole you know the fact that what was it king was it king Edward king George one of them can't remember which one my brains deserted me like basically committed adultery and had to abdicate the throne is what set up that so because he was but then he had to be president, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, he went on to, like, he was the, the, without doubt, he was the powerhouse political figure of the 20th century, like. There's some fascinating uh, archive footage of him on YouTube, and yeah, and RTE released a lot of great, um, since the anniversary, mm. they're being released, and the 1916 documentary that was on the radio by Liam Neeson was just brilliant. Yeah, like, I know Tim Pan Coogan is very critical of him, but then... Uh, like other historians like Dermot Ferreter is, um, is, is pro-dev completely pro-dev what you tend to find is that people who are feeling for all are pro-dev as well but he's a professor for, now as well Dermot Ferreter uh, yeah UCD yeah. he was anti, one of my lecturers when I was in UCD anti-Tim Bakugan very much so yeah. um, I just for me Dev loved the church too much and I know times are different and religion was a lot bigger then than it is now but I just think there was too much power. There was too much between church and state. Like, even, even the uh, what do you call it? The Eucharistic Congress in nineteen thirty-two. Yeah. Like, yeah, like that was treated as if, like, it was the most important thing in Ireland's history ever. 
by Dev. And don't get me wrong, it was a big event and it was important for Ireland to get such an event because just little old Ireland getting to host the biggest Catholic <laughs> conference in the world. Well, yeah. But I think he allowed that kind of thing shape his ideas and then in turn shape Bone Rock and the Hair and the Constitution too much. Do you think as well, like he. Because he gave the Catholic Church the schools to run the schools. Mistake. But do you think, of course, it was a huge mistake, but do you think he he did that just to get it off the government's back? No, I think he did that because he believed the church was the best way of educating people. That's, look at, looking back now, that's crazy, isn't it? It was wrong. Yeah, it was wrong. You know, and but, like we say that as people who went to, like St. Lawrence College is a, a Catholic school in the Marianist tradition. Yeah. And I wouldn't have a bad word said about any of the brothers or any of the priests that were in that school. There were nothing but gentlemen and brilliant teachers at that as well. Yeah. But I think that there should be the They option. weren't all brothers and teachers. No, they weren't. No, yeah, exactly. Four, it wasn't all, exactly. It wasn't all clergy. It wasn't, there, mm. was, there was lay people too. Like. Yeah. But I suppose the point I'm trying to make is that parents should have the option of sending their kid to non-denominational skills should do wish. I think so too, yeah. And that's why I'm, I'm totally in favour of these Educate Together skills that are out there. I think there should be a lot more of them. Yeah. But there's still a weird percentage of, you know, Christian skills and that kind of thing. That. I was out at the um, celebrations at the parade last Sunday. Yes. Um, and it was, it was a lovely day. A lot of people giving out about it. Like Okay, in what sense? No, they weren't. No, people that were there weren't giving out about it. I just seen people on social media giving out about it. People calling it. Is this because a, a plastic Paddy's Day? And yeah, I, I think they were giving out because it wasn't actually on the hundredth anniversary kind of thing. No, I didn't find much of that because the government. I don't think were claiming that it was on the hundred year anniversary. They were just saying this is the weekend we're celebrating. I think that was hmm. more. But people were complaining that um, there was the commercial aspect of it that. Oh, you're having it on the weekend, on a bank holiday weekend, and blah blah blah. And people were giving out as well that the cordon off area for dignitaries, um, yeah, the GPO. But I don't see a problem in that because you need to have the dignitaries there. Like, yeah, I'd agree. A if bit. if they weren't there, people would be complaining that the yeah. dignitary should be there. Like, where if the president didn't show up or the Taoiseach, the acting Taoiseach, but um, what didn't show up, they'd be like, where the hell was the Taoiseach? Where was the president? Do you think it's so just? Modern Ireland, in particular, and with the, I don't want to say unrest, but let's say the precarious position of elected representatives within this country right now, and government stuff and all that. And I don't talk too much about that sort of political stuff, because that's not what we do. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, Graham, we're just two lads from Ballybrack. Loving life. Loving life. Yeah. Um, Loving Ireland. <laughs> and Loving Ireland. Do you think <laughs> it's because there's maybe that... Like by having that cornered off section just for dignitaries and just for people that are high profile or within the political sphere or whatever the case may be, is it a whole us and them divide? Maybe that people felt a little bit kind of. I'm not. I'm. I'm not the government's biggest fan by any means, but mm. I didn't feel. <coughs> I didn't feel um. Anyway, different or anything like yeah, that. Because I, like, I understand it, I get it. Dignitaries have to be there. Yeah, agreed. Um, Do you think that because people drew comparisons to the fiftieth yoke, where O'Connell Street was more or less free for all? It seemed first come, first serve. Well, no, people the were, picture of the nineteen sixty six looked yeah. organised as well. No, it did. But what I'm saying is, the general public 
had access to it. Yeah, they had access across road, but they revamped O'Connell Street yeah. <laughs> for, you know, demonstrations and everyone gathers at the GPO for a demonstration, no matter what walk of mm-hmm. life you're from. Yeah. You want to have a protest or um, a rally, you have it at the GPO. So they've, I think they've relayed That's it. Symbolic, I suppose. Yeah, it? it's symbolic of that. So they re, they've revamped and relayed all of O'Connell Street, I think, to suit that, so I heard. Right. Um, my point being, like, where I was on Westmoreland Street, just mm-hmm. past O'Connell Bridge, and there's a big screen to my right, the spire was in my background, I could see everything that was going on on O'Connell Street. Yeah. The atmosphere was just unbelievable. The atmosphere... How, how close to the GPO could the public get in the day? I didn't go into town I think now. they were just on O'Connell Bridge. All right. Do you know what's mad about O'Connell? So, so you know, do you know what's mad about O'Connell Bridge? What? It's exactly the same length as it is width. Really? Yeah. You know, pub quiz, pub quiz knowledge. That's a deadly. <laughs> um, no, but there was great atmosphere. Like when the, when the anthem when Ron Levine was played, that was crazy. Like, yeah. So many people. Um, was everybody singing, singing it? Like, was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It was. I nearly had tears in my eyes. Yeah, I, I watched a little bit of it on the telly. Um, and I quite like the fact there was a spontaneous applause after our Ron Levine was played. Yeah, th- quite like that. But there was there was nearly a fist pumping at it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it was that type of just. There it's, was a there was a. I know, I get why people were complaining. Right. I I and I agree with some of it. I just felt I should be there. Yeah, I got you. No matter how close I got to the GPO or symbolically I got close to the mm. GPO, I just felt as a patriot I should have been and needed yeah. to be there. I would have been disappointed watching that at home. And not feeling the atmosphere. Thanks for making me feel less of an Irish man. Right no, now. not at all. I don't mean that at all. I if just, to be honest, the reason instead of home is because I would have made a beeline for Jacob's Biscuit Factory. <laughs> which I'm trying to avoid. <laughs> I just thought it was great. And one thing that I... Um, one thing that I... Where I was situated at Westmoreland Street, I had to look to my right, and as, as I said, it was a big screen, and then to yeah. the left of the big screen was the spire in the background. Right. And for the day that was in, I was thinking, when the big, huge tricolor on the spire would have been amazing, as if the spire be a flagpole. Make the spire a flagpole. It would have been brilliant. They have oh. one in Mexico, Conor McCann, I tweeted it, Conor McCann, um, listener of the show, yeah. Tweeted me a picture. The winner of our, the our winner Mark of Baker our, competition. Yeah, the winner of Mark Baker, Conor McGregor portrait. Mark Baker out there, Um Conor tweeted me a picture of literally that in Mexico City. Yeah. There's a big giant spire with a, with a Mexico flag. Deadly. I just think it'd be deadly because yeah. the, the spire's actually grown on me as the years have gone. Yeah. I, I still don't know what the purpose of it is precisely. Yeah. But I quite like it lit up. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what night time the top of it lights up? Like? Yeah. But I'm a sucker for ranting in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but then we, like, I went in, my friend Fiddle, we went, we left at about 10 a.m. Right. And we fell home about 12 midnight Sunday. In true, um, <laughs> true celebratory style. In celebratory, yeah. But blah, blah, blah. He had a gig as well. Um, so right. we went to that gig, watched him play, but... He was playing all. He's a trad musician. Okay. So we were playing all the. He was playing all the trad songs, and it was just deadly. Yeah. It was just deadly. But again, I'll be, I'll, I'll be celebrating the again on April twenty fourth, the actual hundred year yeah anniversary. 
Do you think? Do you think there was anything that they could have done better? Um, I'm not sure. Do you think people having to pay fifteen quid for a tour of something is all right? Given the weekend that was in it, do you not think like say like the ambassador there's a thing on yeah. and the GPL have launched a, a new yoke and people have to pay into that as well? Do, do you think for the 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 anniversary that it is, there should have been a kind of you know for three days. This is free. Come in and absorb, enjoy, learn. Possibly. Um, I mean, the GPO, the new GPO Museum costs money. costs a lot of money. Um, the Ambassador Tour put on by Sinn Féin costs money. So you have to pay. If, maybe Canadian Jail possibly could have been. Nah, but that's only like three quid in or something, isn't it? Oh, is it? Something like that. I don't I, know. I, I, I've done it four or five times, but I can't remember the price. Your dad said it to me at your basketball match. You don't know actually how much it was. Man. Yeah, my mum and dad went to Tuesday. My dad's done it a few times, so I think it was my mum's first time. Um, I don't know. I'd, I had no complaints, so obviously I don't think there should have been that done differently, only for yeah. the lack of tricolour on the spire. <laughs> Stick a flag on the spire. <laughs> yeah, a huge big flag um, would be amazing. Yeah, as I said, I only watched a little bit of it home, at home on the telly. Um, I don't know, I didn't... I didn't have an overwhelming urge to go in and be part of it, if I'm being honest. Mm. Not for my... I don't like Irish history. Or Probably that, wouldn't have went in on my own, having said all that. Mm. I just... I don't know why. I just didn't feel like... I don't regret not going in either, though. Do you know what I mean? Like I know for a lot of people, like it was a... You had to be there moment. It was a seminal moment in history, and there'll only be one 100th anniversary. That's, that's why I went. But, I don't know, for me it was kind of like... Yeah, there will only be one, but I can take it or leave it. I don't but know. I, that, I was like, I was like uh, thinking, I know in 20, 30, 40 years' time, where were we at the 100 year anniversary? Oh, I was out with Collins Street. I was in my bedroom watching it on my iPad. <laughs> yeah. What did, what did you think about it when you were watching your iPad? Um, I thought some of it was a bit kind of, come on, get on with it, will you? I kind of felt they were dragging the arse of it a little bit. Yeah. When Simon Coveney and then the Kenny were kind of standing around just looking at each other for about five, ten minutes. It was like, yeah. the two boys having a breeze, what's going on? Um, I tell you what I did quite like, and I thought he'd done it very well. The army captain who read the proclamation. Yeah. There was a, I thought he'd done a very, very good job. The same reaction to after Ron Levine was the same reaction after. The spontaneous he, applause. The spontaneous yeah. applause was after that. Um, Fist pumping. I didn't, I didn't understand the whole half-mast, full-mast flag thing. I was like, why didn't you just leave it at full-mast? It's a celebration, in it? Mm-hmm. So why put it... Like, I know half-mast... The, the half-mast is for the minute silence. Yeah, but then they left it there. The minute, the, the minute silence was impeccably observed as well. And it would have been, yeah. I would have thought but so. in the such large crowd there, like, I was expecting even a child to cry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You couldn't even hear it. A dog bark or something yeah. like that. Even the dogs observed. Um, it's great then going back to the pub and... Yeah. Just... There was loads of people out in town, and yeah, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm sure the atmosphere would have been brilliant, and it's a great day to be Irish. A great day to be Irish, indeed. I just, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just felt like I didn't, it didn't resonate with me personally. Mm. Like as I said, watching it on the it's telly, West Bridge, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. You know, um, like, was there rugby on? Uh, Are you watching that? Funnily enough, 
Uh, I went to watch Leinster under 17s versus France under 17s. On Sunday? Easter yeah, Sunday? On Easter Sunday, yeah, that's what I was doing. That's why you didn't go out to town. Yeah, true. Dirty Westbury. <laughs> I was watching egg chasing. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about, anyway. Um, well, no, just just before we. Like, okay. I, I would just like. I do think it looked very well. Yeah. And I think. And this is going to sound almost dismissive of me, but I think it's great that Dublin got a clean up for it as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I genuinely do think that the city looked brilliant. Because I was going in now to market for me dad, the fruit markets for me dad, like. Mm. And I thought that the city looked the best I've seen in a long time. Right. Um, I think. As I said, I think your man that read the proclamation, I can't remember his name, but I thought he'd done an absolutely brilliant job. I think Michael D. Higgins played a blinder. I thought the few speeches I've heard him giving over the, the, the week, I think he'd been very good. He always plays a blinder, doesn't he? He's very good, isn't he? Did you see that photo of him going around, photo bombing your man with his two dogs? Yeah, yeah. It's a cracker. You see the picture of re- resurfacing again of him, uh, uh, Bob Dylan and Slane yeah. as well. Or queuing for, for the ATM. Yeah. I think that's my favourite one. Queuing like, for the ATM. Like the president it's of a country. It's going to the cinema. Yeah, the president of a country queuing outside a spar ATM yeah. or whatever it was. Like, what a hero. Yeah. Um, there was people, like, complaining about, you know, about what's wrong with the country and how could gosh. you go out and celebrate that, but... And I'm in agreement of what's wrong. Of course, I'm in agreement of what's wrong with the country. There's but I just time, felt it was a time and a place. It was the day to forget all that and just remember what the leaders you know, did for us. You know, yeah, they, they, you I found I find them very inspiring because I don't know if you could if you could find anyone now that would do what they did back then. Probably not. Is the answer probably not? I, I, one of the things that I don't particularly like is that everybody is now jumping on this thing of any gripe or any issue at all, and everybody is like, "Sure, doesn't the proclamation say?" cherish the nation's children equally yeah. or cherish all the children of the nation or whatever the exact word yeah. is I don't know and I'm just kind of thinking like you can't roll that out for everything just because you didn't get the selection box that your friend got you can't use that excuse let it go like I don't like the monopolising or <coughs> abusing of something like that I don't know, sorry. Yeah. I, I wasn't there, so I probably shouldn't comment. As I said, the bits that I've seen look very well. I've heard nothing but good reports about it. You know, overall, I think it was a success. Hashtag make the spoiler flagpole. Hashtag make the... Do you know what they've done very well? Sorry. Celebrated the arts. Centenary? Did yes. you watch Centenary Monday? I watched a bit of it. Oh my I, God, it was a bad time to watch that if you were hung over after Easter <laughs> Sunday. The rendition. Curled up in the fetal position, sucking me tongue, watching Roisin O, the, yeah. the Mary Black, Francis Black's kid singing the, re- uh, the, rendi- the rendition of Grace was nothing short of spectacular. Gavin James' rendition of Foggy Jew. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was a, that was a brilliant show. The only thing at the end I felt it was very, you'd love it now, but the last song was very Eurovision-y. What was it? Can't even remember. Was it Nicky Borden? No, no, it was Nicky Borden. Come on, Nicky, win that thing. It was a new band, but even the president's speech of that was brilliant. Yeah, I, I do think they celebrated the arts brilliantly. Because Alan Wilkinson's had, version of One was excellent as well. Yeah, I haven't heard it actually. I didn't hear that. One is actually, although it's not like a, an Irish kind of song, but when you're away and you hear it, you always kind of like. I'm not a huge fan of Bono, but it always makes me go, "Oh yeah." Makes me think of home, like when that's I'm away. All, I, I, that's, I'm glad you said something nice about it because that'd be one of my favourite songs. <laughs> yeah, but Colin Wilkinson's version on Centenary was actually better than Bono's. 
You, you wash your mouth. You, that's, that's grand because your man who read the proclamation was better than Pierce. <laughs> well, I, was, I didn't ever hear Pierce's. <laughs> oh, he did. He was a very high pitched voice. What, have you any songs where what I just said, like you're away or not even when you're away, if you're at home or. Songs that make you feel Irish kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, I don't even mean trad songs. No, I? no, just. Actually, here, look, I'll tell you one for definite. I wouldn't say it's trad, but I wouldn't say it's mainstream pop either. But it's, more, I think it's actually about Manchester, the Pogues' dirty old town. That is about Manchester, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I met my love. Yeah, I yeah. love that. Yeah, classic. Yeah. By the gas works. Wow. Yeah. yeah, Belter. Class. That, that is a song that I instantly, when I hear it, I just think of Dublin. Yeah. Even though I know it's about somewhere else, but I just instantly think of Dublin. Like, yeah. When I'm yeah. in a, when I'm not listening to Beyonce in the shower. Yeah, and I want that Irish pride feeling. Or Does Beyonce give you the Irish pride feeling? No, she? no, that's what I'm saying. Do you know what gives me the Irish pride feeling? Actually, what? A large slice of pan, boy. Irish pride. <laughs> Sorry, that's a terrible joke. <laughs> dope. Not saying Beyonce is any Irish. No, I'm just saying when I'm not listening to Beyonce in the shower, because I've been known to, um, I'd stick on a kind of, you know, when you click a, an artist on YouTube, you can actually go to a collection now. And it'll just play one after the other, one out. Dan. Yeah, no, I'm listening. Yeah, you're not listening to me. Oh, yeah, I'm listening. Only joking. Um, Luke Kelly's Raglan on Raglan Road. That gives me the heebie-jeebies, big time. Raglan Road, did you say? Yeah. Yeah, Luke Kelly is. His voice is just ridiculous. It is. I'd agree with you. Um, hang on, I'm gonna actually play Raglan Road for people who may not be aware of it. Such as our American friends who wouldn't be. You know I mean, I don't it's the start of it. it's unbelievable. Let's let's have a listen to a bit of Luke here. Hang on now. Here we get this going. So this is Raglan Road now, right? On Raglan Road of an autumn day, I saw her first. And knew that her dark hair would weave a snare that I might one day rule. I saw the danger and I passed. Along the enchanted way. Luke Kelly had some voice, didn't he? <laughs> My God, it's ridiculous. It, yeah, Raglan Road is a great one. I, I love him singing the old triangle as well. Actually, I love him singing. Um, my ma- well, I think it's my ma- one of my mum's favorite songs. Uh, Scar not his simplicity, written by Phil Coulter. Yeah. <sighs> the actual video to that on YouTube is him singing that in a bar. Really? <sighs> it's, it's ridiculous. There's like a lot the, of good ones. Ah, stop. You go on. Will we go on? Will we say a few? Well, I, this isn't a pop song, but another one I love is that the rain things can only get better. Hang on, hang on. I'm going to turn Luke off for a second. The rain things can only things get Things can only get better. Can only get better. Can only get things. That gives me great um, 
motivation. Now, the, like the, the, the my top ten say of song yeah. of art that make me. Does feel, that song make you feel more Irish? I think just because they're an Irish band, right? What do you mean Irish? Yeah, they're from the north. I didn't know that. Yeah, the north of Ireland. Um, like, have you heard Mary Black's song for Ireland? Uh, I don't think so. Oh my god. Horan and Lou Kelly actually sing that, like right. obviously separately, but Mary's is great. Um, um, Christy Morwell below the valley. Right, hang on now, because your name allows. Can I get in on this? Yeah, I'm just thinking off the top of my head. All right. Well, I think one that everybody, hang on, now, I'm going to queue this up. I think everybody appreciates this one. Pin Lizzy, whiskey in the jar. Oh, stop the lights. That's a belter. That is an absolute. I know Metallica don't go good version of it too, but. There we go. Like, that is a proper good song, Whiskey in the Jar. And it's one that, because it's Phil Lynn and because it's Tin Lizzy, yeah. you can't help but just yeah. be like, you know. Have to agree. Captain Farrell was an L. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just that intro alone, man. Hang on, uh. I'm just going to play a bit of that. It is unbelievable. Like, as I was going over, it's a cracker. Of a song, but he like. sings it with such passion. I think he sings it beautifully. Like, yeah. th- like there's millions Pride. of versions, millions of versions of that song. That is the best. I do quite like Metallica's version. I'm not a Metallica fan. Like, it wouldn't be my type Dubliners. Of music. Dubliners versions are cracker yeah. as well. But I think Phil Alls version is the best. Um, he was deadly, wasn't he, Phil? In it, yeah. He just had that. The coolest, like, do you know what I mean? Again, I'm new to your ring, dama, do dama, da. Tin Lizzy, I think it's live in, in Sydney. Live in Dangerous? No, not live in Dangerous, but just live All in right. Sydney on YouTube, and it's ah, an amazing okay. gig. Live it's the Sydney Opera House, actually, like outside the Sydney yeah, Opera House. I think Tin Lizzy, live in Dangerous, might be my favourite live album of any Really? Ever. I yeah. didn't expect that from you. I'm not, and I'm like I'm not somebody who's a huge Tin Lizzy fan, like. Yeah. But that album is just amazing. The version of Emerald on that is just sensational. I didn't like. expect that from you yeah. at all. In terms yeah. of live albums, I'd say it's right up there with the best of the best. Like when we talked about songs before uh, in a previous chapter, yeah. Um, I had this on it because this is the greatest song of all time. Well, hang on, because we talked when we had Mark Baker on, yeah, and we talked about <laughs> yeah. uh, our, what, that, that was our songs to get you in a good mood. So we're doing this kind of sport a moment. This song gets that, this song gets me in a good mood as well. Songs to make yeah, and but, makes me okay. Well, hang on, right? So these are songs to make you feel Irish. But what I was gonna say was the songs to put you in a good mood. A lot of yours were a little... They might put you in a good mood. That's all that matters. But we had feedback from the listeners, Graham, that said... <laughs> ah, come on, will you? <laughs> <laughs> so, right, okay, go on, hit me. What's your next one? Christy Moore, North and South. Ah, oh, no, okay, now I'm going to let you have that one, because that is... Has to be the 2006 version, Live at the Point, with Declan's in it. Yes. Um, Christy Just Moore... The passion. Oh, I love him so much! Christy Moore, Norton's Norton South. Just, just closed, how he does it. Sweating, dripping off him. Yeah, it's a cracker. Um, Love wasn't lost, it just got mislaid. Yeah, 
Th- that line alone gets me every time. Do you know that? Um, you two done a version of it, and it's not as good as Christie's. They don't. Know. They wrote it with Christie. I know, but like yeah. the, the version that they actually done themselves. Yeah. There's a there's a clip on my um, singing it on the late late show years ago. But yeah. it does, they don't do it justice at all. Yeah, um, I just think, especially with with, with Declan Sinnott on it, it's just an absolute cracker. Like it is. Let's have a look now and see. When you go and see him, you see him and uh, Christy and Decky. Sometimes you're just looking at Decky playing the guitar. Yeah, you know he was in the horse lips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang on, I'm gonna play a bit of Norton South because it's an absolute bell there, and then we'll move on to the horse lips because they've got one that makes everybody feel Irish. <laughs> yeah. Hang on now, let's see if we can get this playing. If you haven't, if if you don't know Christy Moore, Norton South River, you have to. It's on YouTube, but download it and just download that whole live of the point two thousand six yeah. album. It's playing there in the background for you. So you That's the best live album ever. You can hear Declan Sinner doing his thing. Like, unbelievable. I wanna reach out over the lock and feel your hand across the water. Walk with you along an unapproved road. Goosebumps, man. Not looking over like, my I know shoulder. You're a, you're a huge Christy fan, like I. I wanna see. It's weird, like I came to Christy. I wanna hear. Late, if that makes sense, like there's yeah. a load of fans do. Yeah. I'd say if you go to fear, a gig, there'll be a lot of new fans at the gig. Yeah. Um, at every gig. Yeah. But it's weird. It's kind of like the older I get, the more I kind of appreciate them. Yeah. If that makes sense. But I brought me friend Donna um, to his last gig down in the Royal Marine Hotel. It was yeah. her first gig she's ever been to. And she's just, she was mesmerized. She's like, oh, I'll be the last. Yeah. Like, listening to Varna live is deadly. Unbelievable. Like. Yeah. When you um, hear that, yeah, when you hear that live, he changes the lyrics sometimes. Yeah. There's something up, up to date, like. Or the uh, jocks are. Jocks is a cracker. Here's that line. It just got mislaid. No. You mentioned yeah, Declan Sinner of Horse Lips fame there. Horse Lips have an absolute belter of a song mm. that has become part of Irish folklore yeah. and almost Irish <laughs> mythology at this stage. And I, I, I would be fairly confident saying that some people who don't even realise that this song is that song. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Horse Lips, Jarek Doom, or to some people, <laughs> put them under put pressure. But to give it like the, and that song, that Italian ninety thing, I was three, two and a half, whatever. But you remember? But well, no, I'm not gonna say that. I remember, but I mean, <laughs> even now, like take for example, we were at a wedding last year. A good friend of mine, Mark Brock, that song came on, and Graham, I believe, Mark, you demanded Mark and I hoist you up. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Put on the pressure is on me and Mark Brock had you up shoulder. <laughs> Pajo Flynn and his wife Kira came out to that song. Brilliant for their um, in their reception. Oh, that's that's brilliant. Brilliant. I'm gonna put on a bit of Jack Doom here. The original song's excellent oh, as well. Stop. It's a beaut. That that is the original I have playing there. But uh, Carl Pendred came out to yeah. Rollis Royce for put him under pressure, and I used to love it because yeah. the place to go bananas. Like even we when we went to see him fight in Vegas. Yeah, the and, prelims were, and it was bananas. like being it was like being in Lansdowne Road yeah. and that came on. Like, crazy. It's deadly. It's a cracker that is. Um, there's a few like like that. That's 
Jared Taylor's a beau. I love the Pogues pair, pair of brown eyes. Yes. I lo- but I love that. I love that for its lyrics. Like Shane McGowan is a poet. And yeah. I just love that song. Just sitting in a pub. Oh, it's deadly. I went to college with the bass player from the Pogues. No way. Coach Reardon. No way. Yeah, she was married to Elvis Costello and all before. Wow. Yeah, lovely woman. One of the nicest people you can meet. She's just a sweetheart, like. Lovely, lovely That's woman. That's mental. Yeah. Do you ever hear, actually, speaking of Shane McGowan, the Pogues, do you ever hear Shay, uh, Shane McGowan and Sinead O'Connor's uh, The Haunted? The Haunted? Yeah. I don't believe I have. Oh, my God. Hang on That's now. another belter. Well, so look, we... we but just Sinead's voice just... I shared something on Facebook there recently. She moved to the fair. I'd never seen it before. It was a recording from 1997, I think. Maybe 93, whatever, but it was, I think it was 97, but it was unbelievable. She moved through the fair? Yeah, it's, there, it's... It was recorded from Michael Collins, wasn't it? They possibly used the... No, this is a, this is a, in a live, uh, oh, live gig. Oh, sorry, sorry, because they used... That's the, yeah, the song she played, played yeah. yeah, yeah, but this Haunting is a live performance. Unbelievable. It will not be long now. It was a great song. Oh, yeah, she's unbelievable. Um, Shane O'Connor, Shane McGowan, Haunted. Yeah. I mean, let's see if we can get this. Oh, yeah. oh, you Have you ever this? heard the song? No. Oh, no all right. Hang on now. We're going to let this play for a minute. I wish I was like you and never heard the song and hear it for the first time. Yeah. I'm going to let this play for a minute now, all right? Hang on. Oh, jeez. This is the video. This is directed by La La Land. 1995, this came out, Graham. Yeah. All right, then. Let's give it a bash and see what it's like, so. Do you remember that I like the guitar. God, her voice is ridiculous. Yeah. Didn't want to do nothing anyway. That haunted voice. She, she's, she's a treasure, though, isn't she? Really, like, you know what I mean? We should look after her. He's an absolute rock star, isn't he? He's another one we should look after, like health wise. Yeah. He, you know what I mean? He's him, Shane, or him, Paul McGrath, Schneider, we should look Paul after. Arms around him. Yeah. He's walking down the course. That would be hard on Yeah, I like that. Oh, I like that. You're you're big on the kind of um, you'd be big on the kind of very very Irish artists, wouldn't you? Like, oh yeah, Pogues, Damien, De- Damien Dempsey, Colony, oh. Damien Dempsey to hell or Barbados. Oh yeah, da- anything is, Damien Dempsey. I love Damien. I, I don't think Damien Dempsey gets the national recognition he deserves, as far as I'm concerned. He doesn't. I think he will when I think he will maybe one day, one day maybe twenty thirties. 20 years down the road yeah. but his live performances are brilliant like I love Mary Black and France Francis Black has a great version of Foggy Jew mm. um, yeah well, Dubliners complete change of pace but another one I don't think gets the recognition they deserve sometime Aslan yeah I used to hate Aslan I loved him I know like I that, no, I went through a phase where I didn't like to me this is I'm going to play a bit of this is because that's no matter where you hear that Great song. Great song. 
This is the old man's track. I'm not going to try to hit that now. <laughs> I can't hit that now, Chris. You sang it to me, did not I? I did sing it. Yeah, that's right, actually. I was going to work at like 4 o'clock in the morning and it came on, uh, I think it was Q102 I had on at the time. It sounded like you had about five yeah. Red Bulls. <laughs> But uh, Christie's another one who's had his troubles, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and you kind of wonder if he hadn't had those troubles, how big could Aslan have been? Mm. Absolutely. Really and truthfully, that's probably what stopped him, He's isn't it? He's very sick now as well, isn't he? He had cancer, didn't he? He had some sort of cancer, yeah, um, that I don't think will go away, but I think it will be some sort of management. Yeah. He was on Ray Darcy a couple of weeks ago. I'm just letting that play. That's just a cracker. Um, But I remember... Um, did I read his book? He was addicted to heroin and he went to spend a month with the monks in Thailand. That was very interesting. Hang on, here's the cars. <laughs> You're mining there, Danny. You'll always sing. You'll always sing. This is in Crazy World. They're iconic. Yeah, so, songs, absolutely. As far as I'm concerned, this is. Uh Reminds me, and it will always remind me of, we went on a school trip to Switzerland, and Al Kelly, remember Al? Yeah. Al Kelly was the DJ for the night, the, the kind of the end of trip disco type thing yeah. that we had, and to finish the night, he played that, and every, I mean everyone, like teachers, uh, the like pupils, staff in the hotel who didn't have a clue what was going on, everybody just in a big circle. Giving it loads at the end, like do you know that everybody hits you. Everybody, I love school. I love all you. It was just deadly. It was man. Hugs everywhere. Um, anybody who might not be from Ireland and has not listened to Aslan or heard of Aslan or have no idea about Aslan, just go and download Aslan Made in Dublin. Yeah, talking good. about live albums. Yeah. Agreed. That is, and I know a lot of people will be like, you can't like Aslan, Aslan, blah, 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 and all that, but they deserve credit where it's due. Yeah. And I, as a teenager, I, I, there was, I don't know, I just took, I took a dislike to them for <laughs> some mature reason, immature yeah. reason, like. Um, I went to see them years ago on the Noggin Inn, yeah. and uh, it was only the Noggin Inn, but it was great, but then I went to see them in Vicar Street, and it was delighted I went to see them in Vicar Street, to see them in a proper venue, you know what I mean? I went. I know. I think my dad went to see them in 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 uh, the Noggin Inn years ago. I don't. He don't think he's a fan of them, but he went to see them and uh, Chrissy yeah. Dignam and his bare feet tried his to bare feet yeah. sit on the table. <laughs> I think they pushed him off the table, <laughs> <laughs> or they were like, "Here, you're not getting on our table." Yeah, yeah. He's had his troubles, Christy, but mm. he was a talent. Definitely a talent. Like mm. you know what I mean? Absolutely. And, but this uh, is a great song. It's a good it choice. Is. It's a great song. It's a good and choice. it's one of them, again, if I hear that anywhere, I'm home. I heard that in a, an Irish bar in Vietnam of all places. Serious? Yeah, this is, yeah. And Christy Moore, Well Below the Valley. Brilliant. Two of the great songs, goosebumping songs. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Maniac 2000. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the Water for Whispers It's, it's not a podcast. No Easter Sunday at the GPO. No. Uh Mark McCabe sings main or opens Maniac 2000 for commemoration celebrations. Oh jeez, I put out a tweet from my own, not from the podcast, but from my own one now, and people think I was trying to rip them off. I don't know. Always like uh, the parade will finish outside the GPO with an edition of Maniac 2000. Oh, what if a whisper that that it'll start? Yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't. Yeah. People in the comedy world be screaming plagiarism. Yeah. That's what they do. That's their favorite thing to do. It's ridiculous. It's yeah, yeah. It is. 
Um, we got one or two more songs then because then we'll wrap up because we're we're running out of time. Yeah. Go on, right. We got one more or two more each. One more. Right, go on, I'll let you go first. Um out of my list. Oh we've made a list, look. <laughs> I've just written them down as we were talking. Right. Just to remember. Damien Dempsey Colony. Damien Dempsey Colony. You know what I find it? Oh, this is goose bumping as well. Jeez. How have I not cried with all these songs? Yeah, yours are very sentimental, Ireland. They're just that makes sense. fist pumping. Like, jeez, I should have said Mary Black's song for Ireland as well. I'm just realising now, Bagatelle, Summer in Dublin, I should have oh. said. I remember I'll play that, that after Summer Damon. in Dublin. Are you playing that now? Bagatelle. And Olivia has a strength like her. No, I'm not. Who sings that, Danny? Bagatelle. Yeah, leave it with them. <laughs> My brother Carl gets me at that all the time. I'm so happy I got you on the one, airwaves. One nil, Meryl. Well played. Yeah. <laughs> well, you took me down this week, so I'm well played. Carl always gets yeah. me. Sorry, I just get into it. You know what I mean? <laughs> There'll be a lot of listeners happy that you've done that this week. There'll be a lot of people happy that you've... Soft, <laughs> snared soft, you. Snared me. Snared you out of it. I'm in here. That's about 1992. <laughs> Oh, in the tree stories, snared. Oh, right, you should open a player's stupid song, you little take. <laughs> <laughs> oh, classic. Right, Damien Dempsey, Colony. I'm not. I'm gonna one up you here. I'm gonna beat you with my last song. This is your last song. My last song is gonna beat this. I can't hear it. It's not playing it. Can't oh, sorry. <laughs> do you do you like this song? Yeah, it's a cool song, but I'm gonna beat it. We're going to put it out to the listeners to the soil as well, actually. Oh, damn, I'll stop it. Oh, myself and Rob Cavanagh went to see him in the Ivy Gardens. Yeah. And then it was a Sunday night, school night, um, two summers ago. And we went, we got into the after party in the Harcourt Hotel. And it was just cording off. The Dublin team were there. They just won the Leinster yeah. final. And Damo was there. Bernard Dunn was there. And myself and Rob found ourselves in a circle with with the Dublin players, some of the Dublin players, Bernard Dunn and Damien Dempsey singing a Colony in, in a, a cappella. Brilliant. And I was like, is this really happening, Rob? Unbelievable. Well, you've got a colony for your last choice. Of songs yeah. to make you feel Irish. Yeah. We'll put it out to the listeners. Tweet at WTS pod. Who's better for their choice? Mero with Damien Dempsey Colney. Oh no. What, my or, list against your list. Or I find the list against the list is fine as Mine well. Like, easily beats yours. I doubt it. But look, let's. The, the cast and vote comes down to these songs essentially. Okay. Right? <clears throat> Should I pick Mary Black? <laughs> you could have picked that. This would win. And I mean it. The Pogues and the Dubliners, the Irish Rover. You reckon you're beating that? I thought you were playing. Oh, you dope. He knows he's beating. I thought you were playing <laughs> somewhere in Dublin. No, I told you I wasn't. I said I could have said that. We were saving away. We were saving away. 
what a song. Ronnie Drew was a great man. Yeah. Very moany man, but great man. Well, I just meant singing. Yeah. I don't mean to pop around with a cup of tea or anything like that. <laughs> I never dropped down to his gaff or anything like Great. Shame again as well. Barrels of Stone. Great song. It is a great song. That's a song. No matter where you hear that, instantly a circle is formed. Hear that on Paddy's Day in the bar. Yeah. Running amok. It's. Yeah, that that is a song that makes you feel Irish. That is a song that, no matter where you hear it, like a shamrock. Just pumps where your heart should be. You po- you possibly win with Irish Rover, but Luke Kelly on Raglan Road. Raglan Road is good, yeah. Um, hang on, so which ones did I say again? I never said Fisherman's Blues, The Water Boys. Oh, what a song! Oh, that's a belter of a song. Great song. A whiskey in the jar, uh-huh. dirty old town, Jarrick Doom. What else did I say? Aslan, this is. Someone in Dublin, but tell This. Was that your list, was it? Say your list again. Right, so... I can't remember it, right? So, Dirty Old Town with the Pogues. Right? Right. Um, Whiskey in the Jar, Tin Lizzy. I wrote mine down. Fisherman's Blues, The Water Boys. Jarek Doom, slash Put Him Under Pressure. Horse Lips, slash Big Jack Charlton. I'm not really Irishman. This is by Aslan. I'm going to throw in you two Sunday Bloody Sunday. And just because you two wasn't on either of our lists, yeah. Um, Bagatelle, someone in Dublin, and the Pogues in the Dublin is the Irish Rover. Okay, mine is Lou Kelly, Raglan Road, yeah. Lou Kelly, Scorn Not His Simplicity, yeah. Christy Moore, Well Below the Valley, yeah, with the amazing Bowron solo, haunting Bowron solo, yeah. Christy Moore, North and South. Has to be Live at the Point 2006. Check it out on YouTube. Yeah. Mary Black, No Frontiers. Heaven Mary no Black, Song for Ireland. No Frontiers, that one? Yeah. Yeah, it's a good song. Or Lou Kelly, Song for Ireland. Right. I'm actually going to eliminate the Ream. Oh, no. Oh, look at him. Yeah. You're, you're losing confidence in your list, I'm are losing you? confidence in that song. Right, so you're going to make a substitution. Yeah. Do I get to make a substitution? No, you added you too, Sunday Bloody Sunday. Okay, alright, fair enough. Uh, Sinead O'Connor, Shane McGowan, The Haunted. Yeah. Damien Dempsey, Colony. Yeah. The Pogues, A Pair of Brown Eyes. Right. And my substitution, I'm going to put in Wildcard, Sinead O'Connor. Yeah. Um, the song we mentioned, oh my God. She moved through the fair. She moved through the fair. That one that I put up on my Facebook page last week. I'm still confident I win. Mine is a more upbeat list. People like to feel happy when they think of home, not depressed. It's alright to get emotional for the love of your country, it though. It is, yeah, but there should be tears I'll of joy, it. not yeah. tears of the famine. <laughs> I don't have tears of the famine. I have tears of the joy. Tears of the joy? Like tears, no joy. Tears of, joy. Tears of joy. Good list, good list. Two good lists. Two I'm good not list. criticising your list, but mine's I'm not criticising yours. I'm just saying I didn't realise that it was a funeral we were playing to. <laughs> This will be interesting now because I'm one nail up when it comes to the, the musical selections. I'm hoping Dino Doyle, regular listener, will back me up on this list because we always text each other about yeah. Mary Black. Well, well, Dino backed me up before. I'd like to think that. No, he'd be on my side he now. He would see, 
you would see uh, the two of us have fallen in love with Mary's daughter Roisin O now as well what I'm, a song Roisin O is a spectacular a voice spectacular voice I'm not saying she doesn't but all I'm saying is that if I were abroad and I wanted to think of home <laughs> I would go for an upbeat list such as the one that I have provided <laughs> as opposed to I would have added Derek Jones as opposed to if I was sitting in a cold dark shower wishing I was somewhere else I'd listen to your list <laughs> cold dark shower wrapped in a tricolour yeah but a tricolour that would be walked all over and I'd seen better days no, can we just stop this now please <laughs> I'm only, oh, look I'm only winding you up because you took me down there a few minutes ago just trying to redeem myself I like your list I'm not criticising no, your I list did. in fairness now you do look you have some you ruined your there. list by adding you too I don't think so. I I would completely and utterly disagree there. That song resonates with so many people. Right? I'm only joking. I think you ruined your list the start, second you put pencil to paper. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I needed to remember. You did. <laughs> um. Anyway, we're pretty much out of time, mate. Before we go, we yeah. need um, hoping that Johnny Walters and Shane Long recover well from their operations. You, you wrap up on well, cotton yeah. wool. I don't know if Shane Long had an operation, actually, but... There's talk Robbie, Robbie Keane did, didn't he? Sorry, Robbie Keane, Johnny Walters, best of luck. Yeah. Shane Long, I think, is being diagnosed with an injury. We had the two internationals last week. Um, I I didn't get to see the Friday night one because I went to see Breaking Dad. You didn't miss much. Which was excellent. Um, but I enjoyed. Speaking of Breaking Dad, sorry, it would be remiss of me if I let this opportunity go. Paul Howard, firstly, you said Breaking Dad was absolutely hilarious and you'd recommend it. It's on in Limerick at the moment. Yeah, I think it ends in Limerick now. We ended, We started the show on April Fools and we'll end on April Fools. Right. Paul Howard fell for it. <laughs> did he fall for it or did... He 100% fell for it. Because he tweeted after it about April Fools. He did, but he retweeted Air Yoke and then later on on Facebook he commented just saying, I retweeted that earlier, I'm going to take you Oh, did you he? See. Did you not see that? No. Man? Did he Did he comment on our Facebook page? On, I, I shared the April Fools thing. Right. And he commented on that saying, I shared that on Twitter, I'm going to batter you when I see her. Something to that. Brilliant. So, um, but now look, Paul Howard is an absolute gent. He's doing wonders for us. He's been brilliant to us. And Breaking Dad as well, we're checking out. Yeah. Did you see the co- cover of his new book? Yeah, Seapoint Rugby. Seapoint Rugby Club. Look at him. He's, he's brilliant for the border. Absolutely brilliant for the border. Love supporting local stuff. But, yeah. So, <laughs> I'm just um, sorry, Dan. I got distracted there because. <laughs> go on, go on. PT Carroll commented on yours. Like when you put it up and you shared it saying unreal. <laughs> and then PT Carroll commented on mine uh, saying, because uh, I got him with that prank about oh, turn the, on the boxing channel. match. Yeah, I remember. That was an absolute So cracker. he's like, oh my God. I d-. He said, I didn't think anyone got me on April Fools <laughs> except you. <laughs> Brilliant. Love it. So we can claim a best selling author and one of the best journalists on the planet for MMA. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Who will possibly be a future guest. PT is both PT and Paul are welcome on the show anytime they like. They don't need an invite, they can just come in the door if it's Patrick's Castle and ask for the lads. <laughs> we'll be here. <laughs> um Yeah, so look, it's time to end it. It's been fun, it's been great. Um Fitzpatrickcastle.com if you want to know more about this beautiful, beautiful place that we are in. Meryl, if they want you on the Twitter. At Merrigan Mania everywhere. Everywhere. On all social media. On all social media. Instagram, Snapchat, etc., etc., etc. Yep. I'm at Dan Joe Murray on all social media. Um, at WTS Pod on the Twitter. 
and then you can check out facebook.com forward slash WTS pod Ireland one Ireland um, check it out on iTunes um, at WTS pod and of course rate, review, subscribe if you like what we're doing tell others if you don't tell us you're spreading the words brilliantly out there yeah we need to say thanks for that land. thank you it's great there's an awful lot of people out there that are doing a great job and there's an awful lot of other writers podcasts that are doing a great job as well and yep. we're supporting each other um, obviously the boys over at Pod Squad who we done the top five for there uh, last week obviously Fight Talk obviously Fight Talk Noel O'Keefe um, that's, they're doing very well for themselves in fairness what podcasts uh, those conspiracy guys those conspiracy guys are great for long journeys because they are long podcasts and I listen if, to them in the car and it's yeah. excellent listening. If you're getting on a flight somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Down, listen to down the John all, Lennon assassination. Down all two or three episodes, yeah. And JFK assassination. Listen yeah. to them, uh, uh, Charles Manson one. That's really interesting. Yeah. But in the 100th oh. anniversary of the 1916 revolution, we're leading a podcast revolution, Graham. <laughs> yes. you got us, the boys from obviously Fight Talk. Pod Squad, and of course, those conspiracy guys. Or this podcast is only getting stronger, man. Absolutely. It's great. It's great to be a part of it. I'm loving it. We'll leave it there, Ray. Who? Remember Gay Bourne, I always used to say at the end of the Late Late Show. No, we'll just leave it there, Ray. I only remember Roll It There, Roll Shane. Oh, yeah, Roll It There, Roll Best TV show on earth. Absolute cracker. Anyway, check us out on my channel and all that, as you said. Twitter, Facebook, get in touch with us. Let us know what you think. But until next week, Slanchin. Good God bless.